0: Hi, and thank you for tuning in to the Fight Is All podcast. I'm Seth and in this episode I will talk with a person I can easily call a good friend now. I met coach Ed Bavok on Sydney MFA coaching qualification course in April 2019 and having the habit to try reading the fighting styles of the people I meet, I, observing their posture and moves, I thought to myself rest for. However, later when we reached the striking part of the course, I mentioned his awesome form into his striking combos. Later, I found out that Ed Babelok, in addition to his wrestling background, is also United States kickboxing champion and passionate about the art of Muay Thai. As a coach, Ed Babelok coached a large range of people from their starting the combat sports up to the UFC cage and is now Australian national team coach. His toughness experience and no bullshit approach to the sport makes him perfect to that, to that and to be honest, if I was still fighting, I would love to have Coach Ed in my corner. He is now coaching at Kimika MMA in Melbourne and you can contact him by the links in the description which are KimikaMMA.com or in Instagram coach one word To be honest with the chronology, this was the first episode of the Fight Is All podcast I ever recorded. The night after the intense first day of the WAST MMA coaching course in Sydney, we went with Coach to chill a bit and have a coffee. Being passionate about the MMA sport, we turned the quick coffee break in the, into intense two, now, two hours conversation. Then we went to record the podcast and after we got hungry and went to eat some burgers and spent two more hours talking MMA. I enjoy my conversations with Coach Ed, whom I feel as a great friend now and after we finished the Sydney town scouting session and seeing the amount of talent available in Australia, we promised that we will produce the first IMF world champion from Australia. So, hope you enjoy and learn from this episode as much as I did.
1: Why do we fight? To protect home and family. To preserve balance and bring harmony. For our kind, the true question is what is worth fighting for? The Fight Is All podcast. Okay,
0: we're on. So first, thank you for, accepting to do that. My, so we're done for... my
1: pleasure, Seb.
0: Okay. So can you just give me the story of how we get involved in combat sports and, uh, all the story, like brief story about your experience from taking it from where you are and bring it up to your coaching experience now
1: okay i started as a kid as a wrestler in the united states uh, in the state of massachusetts where i grew up in in plymouth i was a school wrestler high school wrestler i was captain of my high school team plymouth Carver blue eagles um, from there i went right into a karate dojo it was a local karate dojo uh, i did karate and from karate I went and... A lot what of kind of karate? Uh, we did goju then. Is that full contact karate? Uh, n- no, it was um, it was just a traditional karate, but we did full contact sparring okay. and, and we did some full contact tournaments, but we did light contact tournaments also. Okay. Yeah. Um, and from that, went into kickboxing. Um, and uh, from my kickboxing, I went into Muay Thai, which was my... Um, uh, greatest moment of uh, education and, and enlightenment, I guess, uh, in martial arts and in combat sports. Uh, I had my base in wrestling and karate, but when I went to Thailand, it was when my life changed uh, dramatically. And I always knew I wanted martial arts to be my life, but it also showed me that you could have um, a different life with martial arts um, and with fighting. You know, the, and also the way that I learned and was educated in martial arts, especially traditional martial arts, and even in the wrestling, on the wrestling mat with that very uh, military drilling type of uh, training, the Thai approach was much more personal and one-on-one and um playful if you will um, other than the hard work which was every day every day which grinding. i loved I, you know i wanted that hard training physical but the approach was more to uh enjoy the grind and have fun be playful um and not try to hurt your training partner um save your your fight for the fight, but expected to fight a lot
0: they um, fight every week i was uh, when I was there yeah if they're healthy, they can't, fight can't. because uh, that's how they're feeding their families they don't make much money though, but they fight a the lot so they don't don't really spar they 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 play this uh, uh how do they call it like tip-tip sparring just.
1: Yeah, sabay, sabay. Sabay, sabay. Stay comfortable. You know, yeah. take it easy. Take it easy. What, what kind of wrestling style you was doing? Well, in the US you do collegiate wrestling, which is sometimes referred to as folk style.
0: What is the difference of uh, folk style rules with, uh, with let's say, the, the Olympic freestyle and uh, Greco-Roman? Um, because back home, you know, you know, wrestling is big where I'm coming from in Bulgaria, yeah. but it's it's freestyle greco-roman so what was what's what's the different in in the rules for, with the, with the uh, folk style wrestling uh,
1: i i guess the main difference is the the point system yeah um it would be closer to freestyle than greco because okay
0: so okay. you can still touch the legs right
1: so most definitely you you should the majority of your uh takedown attacks from neutral positions are um are leg attacks it's the first thing you learn.
0: Okay, yeah, you know, yeah.
1: Single legs, double legs, all day long. Single leg, double leg, high crotches. Okay, um, and then upper body techniques, probably to a lesser degree in a in a high school environment, a collegiate environment. Although they do exist, usually in the higher weights, your bigger weights. Um, yeah, yeah. And there might be yeah a few the guys throws. who don't really want to yeah. hit
0: the knee. You know, the heavier guys. Yeah, exactly. they're, they're not exactly. really shooters. The big exactly. guys.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Big, big heavy guys yeah
0: yeah normally the small guys they shoot the bigger guys you know they no they different. go for it yeah no different yeah yep. but so it is, is the point system that is different I, I I don't know we don't have the the college system yeah so you, we just... you know
1: like in a cliche you wouldn't have the leg laces and uh ah, okay. your, your back points are different Okay. Um, yeah uh and now it didn't exist when i was competing you have the riding uh time you get allocated points for riding time
0: Uh, oh really yeah okay
1: and i can't say that i truly understand that i just understand the riding riding was always a part of it but um we didn't get awarded points back then Yeah,
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: we did we did it to dominate our opponent.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. okay, I get that.
1: We'd always go for the pin, just like in freestyle and Greco. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah.
0: So, technique wise, it's more like uh, freestyle wrestling. Most
1: like, definitely, yeah. More, like just generally. You don't get the glory points. <laughs> it's more of a grindy wrestle. Also, you can't, you're not allowed to lift your opponent without first touching the mat yourself again. Ah, okay. Or when I was wrestling. I don't know if it's changed at all, I don't think it has that because they're they don't want injuries they okay want a good, yeah, it's more like sport. it's
0: more like progression sport uh, towards the uh, the big racing more like
1: No, no you know look at an n c a level you're doing the same rules as, yeah. as in high school, but it's just a higher level athlete
0: absolutely yeah uh, that yeah uh you say. You're big in white tie, and uh, first when I met you on the on the previous coaching course, because you start with showing the wrestling techniques, and you have posture of a wrestler. I can see that you know, like this guy is a wrestler. But uh, then uh, when was doing uh, the striking part of the course, and you do your combo, say, oh, this guy has you know, good 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 moves. Yeah,
1: I would say you know my my greatest passion is for striking, so. That's, it is the thing I spend most of my thinking about combat is with about, is about striking. And I, I spend most of my, my combat martial arts studying in striking fights, in boxing and in Muay Thai and K1, you know, the, your high level kickboxing uh, but i'm still very much drawn to watch uh and study traditional stadium muay thai uh yeah, yeah. It, it just i when you're drawn into the culture in bangkok it it's fight culture it's celebrated yeah. it's it's embraced it's a such a a natural real thing where sometimes uh, you know, growing up in the U.S. and then even in Australia, to a lesser extent in Australia, but still exist when you tell somebody what you do. You know, I coach. I'm a fight coach. That's what I do. I train. They say, "Oh, you train cage fighters. Uh, you train, trained. You trained in Muay Thai. You were a Muay Thai champion in the U.S." Um, a lot of times, the more cerebral uh, uh, people that you meet will not look at that as a positive thing. And you know, that's they, they have that problem, I don't. Uh, I, I look at it as a, a very cerebral uh, pursuit and uh, journey uh, because I think about it all day long. You know? And, I, and I'm, I have the gift of being able to do it at, for a profession and to be a coach full time and I do it seven days a week.
0: How you started coaching? So you, um, you, but, you see,
1: know, I, I started as a coach mainly in, in Muay Thai and kickboxing in the United States. I
0: know, I know. You had like a good history of coaching. I know you coach people from all levels up to the UFC level. I know you was in the UFC corner. Can you can you tell me about, about like how you actually started coaching? So how how from from fighter from competitor, you start you know like coaching yourself like uh get involved in coaching and make your own team how how did that
1: the the you know the first guys i really coached and cornered were in kickboxing in muay thai and uh they were just a group of guys who i trained with and they were more like training partners but they always i guess i was like the captain of the team in boston and they looked to me and i had one guy who was a ex-marine and Really, I'll be honest with you, he wasn't the most gifted um, athlete, but man, he worked hard. He had work ethic to, to burn, and also he was as tough as nails. He was actually trained to be an underwater welder. Oh, okay. Um, you know, um, so uh, his name's Dave McDermott, and uh, he, he was uh, a guy who I trained personally and I was able to take him, you know, from basically not, from zero, and he won a New England championship. And that's when I, I knew that I really love this stuff. And I actually fought on the same night that I cornered him. Um, and it, So you was, you it was comp- competing blood. coach it was when, in, when you started? It was in my blood, you know, and I, you know, I always like to, to be there for my teammates in wrestling. I always like to be uh, help um corner my teammates when we did karate tournaments but there was always an element missing that i got from full contact that i got sucked into i got the bug once i was able to taste it you know yeah yeah
0: yeah so uh what do you say your coaching style differs like uh
1: you know i I'm, I'm 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 drawn to work courses. you yeah. know i i i I would prefer to train somebody who's uh willing to work harder than someone who is a natural athlete and I think that's that's true for a lot of coaches. I would say majority of coaches would rather have
0: well i would say like uh well you know might be subjective, but actually, the talented guys. Are the guys that win national championships but world championships are won by the grinders who are not so talented but because they're not so talented they appreciate and they work harder work longer as a time and they actually the grinders are the ones who bring medals from world championships that's what what, what I think because the guys who are too talented they win the national championship they think it's easy and they, they don't appreciate the talent that they have but the grinders that they just have this, uh, you know, this persistence are the ones who actually, you know, excel in the sport because they weren't a bit slower, but they just stick to it. And they become, you know, masters of the sport, you know, be, earning like, medals on world championship. That, that's that's, my, that's a, my, my impression from, you know, like, be, because kind of, you know, like being, you know, like being persistent it's also kind of talent. Oh just sticking to it and like you might be not so agile in, in the beginning and but just sticking to it and like keep running, keep grinding, it's kind of talent, you know, like it's it's gift as well. You no, know, everyone wants to you know to be like John Jones in his first training, but it's in ninety percent if not more, you probably are not.
1: Yeah. And too, Zeb on my my coaching journey, I've been very lucky where I have uh, met and been able to work with some very experienced people. But at those times, I understand, I, I understood very quickly that it wasn't so much about, um, well, it's never about me and them learning my system, but whatever I knowledge I had, if I was going to be able to uh, share it with them Best or contribute to their journey. I was going to have to um, fit to their experience, and so, i someone like Brian Ebersole. When I was lucky enough to work with him, um, I always asked myself every session, "What does he need most? How can I help him? And what is his strengths?" And so we played to his strengths. And then fit whatever my experience was in combat, combat sports and with my fighting, which was not MMA, you know, we didn't do MMA, I never really did competitive MMA because it didn't exist when I was fighting. I missed it by like four years, really, Um, you know, my and I missed it mainly pathologically. I had, I know, pretty much down to the three-month point in time when I didn't need to fight anymore, myself. I always needed to compete as a coach and when I wanted to transition to it. But when I fought, I had a need, I had a pathological need to fight. I needed that contact and, you know, it was almost therapy at that time. but. There was a moment in time where I went, I, you know, some, I don't really need to do this anymore, but I need to be involved in it. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess I'm lucky in that way that I was able to uh, know myself well enough to go, oh, you know, this isn't about me anymore. I can now give myself to other people. And uh, I, I think this where, where we kind of go into a life philosophy, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm a father of two two boys, and they're both teenagers, one of them has a disability, um, but that we're basically put on this earth not for ourselves, but to be at the service of others. And when we understand that and embrace it, we really we're, it's like we're free to do whatever we're good at. Absolutely. And and sometimes, you know, to my wife's chagrin, to my wife, you know, it doesn't involve making a lot of money, really. You know, I mean, maybe it could. I don't never, I haven't figured that out yet. But gee whiz, I really get to do something I love on a daily basis. Every single day of the week, I get to do something I love. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's a common problem that. Passionate coaches don't make a lot of money because they're more willing to to give and just, you know, to do that. And it's it's hard to be businessman when you're like a good coach and you're a giver. So it the, the, the business part of it and the coaching part kind of contradict each other because if you're a good coach, you want to give as much knowledge, you know, to build these guys and... Everyone who is involved in coach, you know, you're not only a coach. You father, mother, sister, psychologist, nutritionist, friend, whatever, everything. And this it doesn't end up on, on the on the on training time. It's two, three hours that you're working with some it doesn't end. He he has so much other things. He was still, you know, like working with and building these guys. Can I can I just
1: say something right now? It's all about you me? saying stuff. Yeah. Um... <laughs> You know, we we say guys, our boys are guys, but I, I have trained and coached a few uh, girls, females, and it's something that um, as a federation and as a group of coaches that we want to do more of, um, especially from an Australian national point of view. I don't think there's enough female uh, competitors, fighters. We'd like to, as a group of coaches, train more females. I and mean, we, we just want to put that out there.
0: I would tell you I'm all about female MMA. And uh my wife was the first MMA fighter in Bulgaria, in my own country. And uh actually her first opponent, Anita Duganova, if she is listening now, she she came after to train so in our I'm team. I'm
1: sorry to say she's probably not listening to us.
0: <laughs> she will. She's now she's now probably the best uh professional MA fighter in Bulgaria. Okay. Arguably. And uh she she's really good. And uh, Anita was I'm, I tell you because Anita is an example of how you excel in the sport. Uh, when she when she was training, okay, she like, my wife and her was, was training, you know, and because of my wife, we, uh, like, when I started, I was the first one who had, like, a girl team. I have like, six girls training, and all of them competing. Oh, really? Okay. And I have something to say about girl fighters. I have seen boys giving up in a fight, in a yep, ring. Yeah, yeah, I never seen a girl well, giving you, up you know, in let, a fight.
1: Let's be, Let's be honest, you know, and how long have you been married?
0: Uh, no, I'm gonna make nine years. You put me yeah, in the best so, spot now. Well, if you make okay. make the wrong.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm in. I'm into my 26th year of marriage. So, um, quitters, quitter. She is not um, for sure, and she's uh, stronger than I am. I look to her for strength, but also um, uh, I can say that about my mother, um, also, and uh, a, a strong woman for sure and we've had uh on our national team uh both amber and alish you know it's funny that they both have a names because they're both a grade um that i've been you know gifted to work with um they're not quitters they're they they do stay the they course won't. they stay the course and they might lose but But they give a fight. They They give a hell of a fight. They go on to the next two, the next competition, the next fight. Um, Then, you know, I, I want people to know. You know, uh, hopefully, there's a, a a prospect female fighter out there, going. Oh, okay. They're actually saying the words. They want us around. They want us fighting. Do you have girls training now with you? Uh, You know, I have girl strikers. But I and we have girl grapplers, but I have no girl fighters. I have had in the past female fighters. Um, so, is it is it? You know, we don't have a lot of them. Uh, but you know, I'm well, open. I'm open. I Where think, are
0: they? I think now with uh, this uh, like this uh, progression in the country that we we're starting to build with IMF, that you have like a CB and aquas like girls that don't have so much experience girls and boys whatever they will really know just to come and compete in the sport with people on their level because i think you know if you want to compete in mma it's hard to make the step because the gap between people who just train for for themselves and is too big and uh, people who don't have the experience of fighting hardly make that step so with the cb and a class in, involved in uh in uh, in a progression scheme like for example C class where you don't have ground and pound like it's more softer rules and uh, and uh, being being a structure you know you're gonna compete on someone who does doesn't have common experience is the same level as you you know provides you know chance to these guys and girls chance you know to come and try the sport on their own level and then to to excel and to to build it to the next level to build it to the next level so I think that that's that's really good chance you know for for these these people actually to get involved and to see that MMA sport is actually fun and it's like uh, something that you can win a lot for yourself because you know when you fight the most thing that you won is actually for yourself. Oh, for sure. Because uh, you have this expression, the truth of fighting. When you fight, they you yourself, like. In way, every day you can put a mask, you can pretend on your job that you're this guy or that guy, that, but you cannot pretend who you are when you fight. And uh, that's why, as a coach, sometimes I say to the guys, I know you better than your father and your mother because you can cheat them, but you don't cheat me because when you fight, I know who you really are because you can see someone's character by the way he fights. Like, he, he's, a, he's a quitter, he's, like, a, he's a trickster or he's, like, a grinder. It's his character fighting. And uh, you don't have a mask when you fight. It's only you, your opponent, and your real self. And, uh, and even if you, before you actually compete, you don't face your real self. Because in your everyday life, people who don't actually involved in combo sports, they don't really know themselves. Would you agree with that?
1: Um, you know, I I can't say... Much about non martial artists um but you know, yeah, I would agree with that, but it's a very biased opinion yes and, and i I'm very aware that it's very biased <laughs> um but i i I guess I think about also um what student athletes students of mine don't really understand is. I learn as much about them or I know as much about them by what they don't do as by what they do. So when when things are going their way and things, you know, they're healthy, they're okay, they're eating right um, and everything's good, that's great. But when they don't show up and when they don't tell me the truth do they really believe that I don't know the truth Um, when they're making excuses? Do they believe that I don't really know the truth? You know, um, I've learned now at this age not to be offended by that, but to be more part of their journey or to back away and not be part of their journey if they don't really want it that bad. Or maybe they're they don't have the pathological need to fight um, other than to train. So then they can then contribute or be part of the team in that way. Or maybe they have other duties they have to. Absolutely. First, first other responses like looking after a family. Absolutely. Make a living, pay their mortgage, which is a, a terrible burden when, well, you're trying, when you're trying to be an, absolutely, a, a combat but It's athlete.
0: understandable because... You know, fighting sports requires so much dedication because you have to go out there and fight with someone who is trying to kick your ass. What's harder than that? Yeah,
1: that's why it's so rewarding.
0: Yeah. But the thing is, you know, I have, you know, I personally, you know, when I coach uh, in, in my team, I, I never push anyone to compete, right? Like, the way I do it, I say, that is the competition that I like around, and I let my guys to choose Which competition they want to go and then I make the program to compete on this one, but I never say to someone It's time for you to go.
1: Mm.
0: I wait for them to To approach and say can I compete on this one? I might say no if you're not ready like no but If you're ready And you say I want to try that Okay, let's prepare for that, but it, it cannot be like next week, right? You have to be reasonable time. So we go strong because I love competing. I love competing. And coaching gives me this chance to compete when I'm not able anymore. It's just, you know, I am competing through them. But at the same time, I think competing is the art of winning. That's what it is about. It's not, you don't win every time, but what you actually learn is the art of winning because winning is art that uh, that's what allows you know people with different skills to win it's because not because of their skill or their particular technique but because they find out the principles of art of winning which i, I believe they are similar, no matter what your style are you might be a striker, you might be more grappling, you might be like more ground guy, but the principles of art of winning are similar and uh, you have to want to win because winning is habit, but also losing is habit.
1: Most certainly. It's a culture, it's you, a culture, you build a culture of winning. Um, and it, it takes it takes a lot of hard work to build that. First, the foundation of it, which is just excellent fundamentals. And then onwards to mm. paying attention to the little things, um, but also investing emotionally i I'm not a human being who can uh, not invest emotionally if I'm not emotionally connected to a certain athlete fighter I can't go on that journey with them basically you know I, I want to know you know what their family life is like I want to know you know I'd love to know their mother and father brothers and sisters uh you know I want to know those things I want to have I, uh, having meals with, with fighters and, and your team is very important because you can learn a lot and also share a lot during those meals. Um, that's what's great about fight trips is that's when you build rapport and you bond. They um, win, lose, or draw. Um, but also I have a recipe that includes on a weekly basis Saturday afternoon, and everybody on my team knows what Saturday afternoon is for because that's get down time and either you get down and you help each other get down. And then those that are selfish on the team don't show up on Saturday when they're not preparing for a certain event. Then we know that they're about themselves. They're not about the team or about getting better in the long, in the long game, the big picture. Um, And then their journey isn't truly martial arts. So the the martial arts journey rather than just a fighter's journey. The martial arts journey is all about your dedication to excellence and your looking to maximize your personal, uh, your 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 person. Um, how do I become the best me? Um, but it's then not about just me. You understand that I can't become the best me without being a group of people that want to become the best themselves also so that it's becoming the best us and that's what martial arts is isn't it absolutely you know how how can i become what is you know the simple act of practicing the best punch you can throw the dedication and the hard work that it comes that comes from doing that over and over again the repetition the attention to detail the um the hard work the sweat the toil then even if i'm throwing that punch how am i throwing it so i don't get hit and whoa i got hit five times oh i broke my nose oh i cut my head open um i butted heads with the other uh my opponent my teammate whatever you know there's a lot of uh pain and suffering that comes along goes along with that um but that journey in itself is where you start to learn things about yourself
0: well isn't it like uh, we have this saying back home uh, you only wound by suffering
1: you know that's a very eastern european view of the world yeah but but, it's kind of true no it's not just kind of true it is true and understand that my last name is a hungarian name so you know uh that's the way I was raised, you know, and two coming from New England and I believe Australia has that strong uh it it it's very laconic and it's is laid back, but Australia is a very hard working nation it is built on hard work there's no question about it, and it has grown from from being not a a significant um economic power into a strong but also uh a hard working country um you know building itself up yeah. from uh you know and from look at what australia hits way above its weight in sport um and so they love to play but they love to play hard or we we love to play hard i am now what is uh, as you are part of this nation yeah almost (laughs) you know what i'm still
0: i'm still permanent resident still not a citizen i'm looking forward to it (laughs) that is
1: that's just a simple piece of surgery that you need to go through true Um, True. we're we're just this is a land of immigrants Yeah.
0: yeah yeah but that's the beauty of it because it combines you know
1: our sport is a complete reflection of that
0: absolutely you know like all these different backgrounds coming together
1: well who who would think uh, an American uh, bald old man would sit down with a young strapping Bulgarian man No that's <laughs> young anymore <laughs> And we you know we're talking about um you know uh, martial arts and sports that have such a diverse uh, global background from uh, Sambo that has Russian and Japanese roots and uh, Muay Thai and uh, traditional Japanese arts, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which also has Japanese. But here we are in this country that is a it's a melting pot, like it or not, you know, and get used to it. It's the reality. But our sport is a direct reflection of that.
0: That's true. In the same time, all these arts, they still not MMA by itself, because to make a good MMA, you have to take piece of each one of them but to improve them because MA is different uh for for example if you wrestle you have to consider the striking you have to see the knees and the kicks when you shoot if you strike you have to consider not giving your waist i have this experience when I, when i start switching from uh, kickboxing to to combat sumo i found out that
1: as a kickboxer, we're giving out ways too easy. We we had this conversation. Let's let's bring it down. You know, we're we're gonna make some espresso, MMA espresso. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get the essence of a of a pure shot of caffeine. Um, we talked about Habib and his his fight with McGregor, and you and I do agree that the reason he hit him with that right hand was because of his wrestling. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but that was a strike. and it, exi- it was a strike. And it existed almost in a vacuum. Yeah. You tend to think he said it. I don't think so. I think he thought it. He no, was, no, he,
0: he threw it because he saw the opening. He was not looking for the yes. strike, but...
1: I think he was always looking for it. I think he's been looking for that strike since he was five years old. Or maybe when he was wrestling the bear, he really wanted to throw that strike on McGregor. <laughs> But, might be but i agree with you 100 percent. is the beauty of mma is that you can have this competency that opens up the opportunity for other competencies and um without becoming too philosophical isn't that what life's journey is all about
0: We can become philosophical, (laughs) we can do
1: whatever we want. (laughs) But but also, you know, um, sometimes our opportunities are presented to us at times when we're not prepared to take those opportunities and grasp them. True. Um, What did you say to me um, uh, about somebody? I can't remember, now now I've lost my train of thought on somebody missing um, their opportunity or their chance. and it wasn't a, just a technical thing. It was the timing with their life.
0: Yeah, um, we were speaking about...
1: Uh, uh, a good, good prospect fighter who could have been... Uh, yeah,
0: we were talking about... I uh, was talking about, you know, getting UFC after being, like, battered. and right. have all these that's wars right. That's right. in uh, your own sport. Or, like, you're just competing in local networks as a war-level professional. Uh, but we was talking about, you know... Uh, because we were talking about Time MFA... I'm a first general pathway that provides this a bit softer style of MMA as amateurs to be able to compete, to get all this competition experience, but don't get this battered by being fighting in pro, pro rules with elbows and stuff. Because in the, the moment they, when they become world champions or like big champions as amateurs, they have all this combat experience. They're already good, technically well, good. Flex. And they're athletes, but they're not injured. Because we were speaking about that, that uh, the pathway that was existing up to now in... in uh... well, let's
1: look at the, the current UFC champions. Let's look at the dual champions. Yep. Let's look at someone like a Henry Cejudo and his journey. This is the end of his combat sport journey. And how many, how many uh, professional MMA fights has he had? A very small amount absolutely let's look at daniel daniel cormier you know and they do come from the same base um how many how many fights has habib had um well he has quite a few in
0: combat co- sambo, but it's still combat sambo. we still very okay grappling
1: it's... centric of course. You, well, know, you did combat uh, Sambo at a very yeah, high you don't, level.
0: Yeah, you, you know, in combat Sambo, you don't get scored for striking. Striking is not scored. You can win by KO, but you don't get points.
1: You only get points. It's very weird. Uh, very... Well, it's not weird because they're looking for you to do certain things and show certain skill sets. Yeah.
0: Well, the concept about, uh, behind combat Sambo is... Uh, I don't know how, you, how much you're aware about the history of Sambo, but... Uh, I'm very unaware. Okay, uh, give a bit of history, uh, you know, talk. So, combat summit was created after the First World War. You know, KGB decided they have to make a combat style.
1: KGB decided this.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So, they decided they need a combat style for for the army, for the services. Okay. So, they appointed two KGB officers who already have like... A, Combat sport background, which is mostly judo, because judo at this time was big. So no, one of them was judo, and the other guy was kind of wrestler with wrestling background. Okay. So these guys are like uh, they was KGB officers, so they was intelligent guys with combat experience. So there was, there was you know like pretty proficient in in one. He was more wrestling background. The other was was more judo background. But they was they was good good in what what they was doing, and they was understanding the. It was not a sport; it was anything the fighting, fight science. So I then give them the task to develop separately a combat style. A very interesting approach, by the way, like HGB this time to create a combat style for the battlefield. So an approach that they they took. So that's um,
1: minus weapons.
0: No weapons. Sambo literally means uh, bez which means self-defense without weapon. Okay. That's what means on on Russian karate. What is actually the what karate means in Japan in Japanese? So so one of the these guys.
1: And here we sit in Sydney, Australia, having this conversation. Absolutely, an American yeah. and a Bulgarian. You see
0: how how the how the like the, the world comes together. It's weird. Eh? So this, so one of those guys, uh, the judo guy, he went in Japan to study the Japanese martial arts. So. Because he had this task, he was not only trained. Ju- he trained jujitsu. He was leaning towards the judo side, but still, he was exploring the other arts that he can find in Japan, just to put together. Not only judo, to create a combat style for the battlefield. The other guy took too different approach. He started traveling towards the Soviet republics and starts studying the the local martial arts. And local martial arts in in Eastern Europe and in in, in our area are wrestling based. We have this folk style wrestling every nation has its own wrestling style yeah. so this guy was going you know like you know a couple of months training with this wrestling master in in for example with Dagestan. he was coming you know like over like the east uh, eastern camp and starting these four cards and he he was systemizing you know the thing that weren't you know stamp stuff they, he put out he, he was systemizing a lot so after a couple of years of studying the arts so one one guy went to you know make of, of fighting art japan the other guy went, went to this folk style grappling styles all of them are different for example in uh in bulgaria like uh we're still doing this um traditional racing that you actually wrestle on grass okay uh and but it's you would say it's a folk style, but it's so appreciated because re- wrestling is religion in Bulgaria, almost. It's great.
1: What's that wrestling called?
0: Uh, it's called. Uh, it's. Uh, Literally to, to translate, it's like.
1: Uh, no, what is it in Bulgarian? So uh, if I went to the local fair or festival where they're doing the grass wrestling, I'm going to compete in or I'm going to go do the what?
0: Uh it's called uh, I w I wanna find What's the English it? words. It's uh, No I don't want English words. I want the Bulgarian words. It's called Borba. Borba. That's what Bor- means Borba. Yeah, that's what means wrestling in Bulgaria. Borba. Yeah. Okay. So it's but
1: You got can... more prevalent in certain areas of Bulgaria?
0: Are uh, there areas like uh, are doing it more, but uh, most of it is in uh, there are certain areas that are better, mostly the mountain guys. Okay
1: Which but, is can you tell me the cities or regions? So,
0: One of the regions, and I have two guys, their brothers, uh, and one of them, what is the coach in my team there, and uh, uh, with his brother, like uh, they both won uh, because I was going to tell if you win the, the tournament. You get a wife ram, you know, male sheep. Okay. That's the that's the the word, you know. You just like you have a male sheep and you normally eat it, you know. <laughs> so that that's always the, that's a traditional the dish traditional word. You always get the you know the, the ram. Okay. <laughs> if you're first, and but
1: what was the region that they're from?
0: Qustendil.
1: Say that slowly. Q. Q. Ste. stay Dil. Stay, Dil. Do. Do.
0: Yeah. That's where my team is now, okay. and they're doing pretty good, they're doing pretty good. So uh, the guy who is coaching now, there is, uh, is, was my first professional fighter and uh, he was, I don't know, he's, there's a wrestling school, uh, Greco-Roman style, and uh, they're pretty good, they're a very classic school of wrestling in this particular city. It's a very small city, but it's a mountain city, they, they produce very good wrestlers. And uh, the thing is with Vladi with was uh, because of his Greco-Roman style, he was upright, mm-hmm. he was not so down. So when he started fighting him as an amateur, they were thinking he's a kickboxer because of his upright stance. Okay. And uh, they were trying to engage with him. Okay. But when you engage with uh, 12 t- times, you know, like national champion wrestling and you think he's a kickboxer, you fly. Mm yeah he
1: he was he was a long lean guy skinny yep long so very john jones absolutely in stature very he what weight was he uh when he
0: was young he was being about 75 81 okay kilos kilos yeah he was on 81
1: so not a small man
0: no no uh but uh he was very coachable because he has this uh, you know as we said like this grinding couch and uh the thing is like uh in this city is um i started my my team there by you know just absolutely by by accident because i went there to to work yeah, to do a project there and with i suppose
1: engineering
0: with my engineer, Yeah, and i was supposed to be there for two years and I have a great friend there uh we was together in the army he's a wrestler and uh in the army was training training together it Just great friend of mine and and but when I went there I was I was meanwhile well. I was uh, fighting professionally or in MMA and uh, to train I had to train with Sam I was training with this friend of mine and uh, uh, I was I was pretty known at this time in because of my fighting so we just went to a fitness and they had a free room and I asked them can we can we use the room to train say yeah sure and they just didn't ask me for money just let me let me train there he was trained with this guy, uh, Simeon, he's my godfather, like, uh, you know, like this, uh, you know, we have a godfather, we have two godfathers. One is your spiritual godfather when you make baptism, you know, like uh, church-wise. He's He did it for, for, for me, because he's a great friend, I wanted him to be. And you have a godfather when you when you get married. So that's my oh, national okay, team okay. coach in, in Sambo, Stoyan Saludinov a legend in 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 fighting sports in bulgaria so we was training with this guy who was helping you know to prepare for my fights and i remember the day you know these guys came came vadi and some some other guy i don't remember because i didn't know them at that time and they come and uh like they're very shy you know with these mountain guys they you know they they're very shy guys and they come and ask uh and ask like what are you guys doing and say we're training MMA, and uh, I was like, "Can we come?" I say, "Yeah, guys, come and we'll
1: you know, come and show up tomorrow." This is how it works in Bulgaria.
0: And uh, yeah, we will we, we start training. And uh, next day, they come 30 guys, and I was, "Oh shit!" You know, because it was just training for because me. Because
1: you're training in the mountains of Bulgaria.
0: The thing is, like... The thing is, it's... I think there's something in the small cities because not, nothing much happened there. Yeah. And uh, these guys, they suddenly saw that they can actually train. And they was just only watching on, on you know, like... For UFC. And they, 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 it was so far for them. It was like something was happening in the city, you know, like... And they just... Or oh, these two guys I don't know who else was on this first approach that they did. We are. In they, they say that they say to his friend, he his two friends, and then everyone just like, "Oh, we can, we can actually train him. They just show up, and I was like, "Oh, them." And then, OK, And then next next week just went, went to the city, both mats, because you only have like four squares of mats, you know, to train with my friend. It's just like both mats, you know, equip the gym, and that's how we started the team and uh i named it "bully team because uh, i had two bulldogs at this time and i was trying to figure out because like okay like we uh, was going to we trained for a while and then was going to do a first competition was grappling one i said okay we have to name somehow you know we, when you show up on the competition and first i was thinking about bulldog but it doesn't really sounds good and then came bully as a shortening. You know, bully has this double name, double meaning. You know, like bully is a small bulldog, and the same. You know, like bully, the the stronger guy who beats the others.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't really call that's what a bully is, but it
0: I know, but as a
1: negative connot connotation in my mind.
0: I know. Uh, the thing I have a bit of issue here because he is very negative. Yeah. The bully, but it's really dear for me because. We fight for that name and uh, we sweat and bleed for that name. So I would never change it.
1: Yeah, but no problem there. I'm just telling uh, you what...
0: I No, no, no. People tell me. People tell me here very often like... uh, I
1: I actually uh, appreciate it too because, you know, you're originally not from this culture. So, you know you play by your own rules, right? That's, yes. You know, and you know, truly, That's what, do. Know, I That's come what from we do. That's what we do isn't it? Else too, yeah. which is probably more like here than where you come from, but it's interesting that um, you know, coming from a wrestling culture, I also, you know, we talk about, you know, we, it it was like playing soccer, you know. It was like playing football which it was just was it just existed yeah and you didn't really think that much about it, it wasn't a big deal it was just something you did you didn't in school you did it in gym class you did it phys ed. um and then some people were on the team and then worked hard at it and that's what it was and one more time what was the how do you in bulgarian wrestling bu- borba borba borba
0: yeah uh-
1: that's how it's Can called. Can I spell that in English?
0: Yeah, B O R B A. Borba. 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 Yeah,
1: that's how we we say wrestling. I think uh finishing the uh the chat with that Bulgarian word is very meaningful because that's basically why you and I are sitting here having a chat um in Sydney, Australia. Um on a Saturday evening before we have something to eat.
0: After spending all day yeah. dealing with <laughs> the MMA and chatting two hours before we actually just, start recording it. It is
1: what it is. Um, yeah. And it's a word that I didn't know before and now I do know. And I thank you for that.
0: So I'm going to ask you one more thing okay. before we wrap this one up. By your perspective now, what is worth fighting for?
1: What is worth fighting for? Yeah. Um, to me, the most important thing that you would fight for is is that pursuit of truth, whatever it is for you, and it can be anything can be your family your whatever that's not yourself, but truly to learn what you are um and then not to quit on that until you physically don't need it anymore. Um, So, I don't, that's not an easy answer. It's not a clean answer. It's a little dirty and, you know, sometimes I was referred to as a dirty fighter. Um, (laughs) I also uh, profess to have the spirit animal uh, of a rat, Um, (laughs) which means if you corner me, I will, that's when I'm, I will fight the hardest. Um, But, so be it. Here we are. Signing off. Peace. Thank you, Coach. It was awesome. Cheers.
0: Thank you for listening to the Fight Zone podcast. Subscribe in your podcast app to receive the next episode when I will meet you with Coach Hamish Robertson from Open MMA. We will talk about training while coaching, ethical sparring, importance of basics and coaching kids under the health rules of IMF.